Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest who appeared back in February 2022, which was episode 209. So I encourage you that listening to go back to that episode. Um, so we have Elder Oveson, who is the founder and CEO of Amarac Minerals, um, a Greenland-focused mining company engaged in the identification, acquisition, exploration, development of gold properties and other strategic minerals assets in Greenland. Um, Elder is a geologist by background and has worked in and around Greenland and Iceland for well over a decade now um, and started the company, uh, which was formerly known as AEX Gold back in 2017. So he's come a long way since uh, since then, and he's here today to share his story and what they've been up to since we last spoke, which was 18 months ago. So that's welcome, Elder, to the podcast. How are you doing, Elder? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate your time. So for those that didn't listen to the previous episode, I wonder if you can give us a uh, snapshot of yourself and, and obviously uh, of your career, um, and I suppose a little bit about the company uh, since uh, you formed um obviously six seven years ago certainly certainly right so i'm, I'm to, to your point i'm an icelandic individual um uh, born and 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 then grew up in a farm here in iceland a sheep farm in iceland um when i was 16 um moved to reykjavik uh, learned geology uh here in iceland and very much got focused on the renewable energy industry for those who don't know, Iceland has not any minerals of any large uh, content. It doesn't have any hydrocarbons. So we had to make use of our geothermal energy to heat up houses, generate electricity, et cetera, et cetera. And I was lucky enough to be involved in that kind of a business worldwide uh, prior to me starting this up. Um, I founded my first company in uh, the renewable space in Asia. Uh, where we were doing house heating in China with a group called Sinopec uh, through a company that is now called Arctic Green Energy. And we also had uh, geothermal power assets in the Philippines and, 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 and worked in the kind of Asia region. This was a time when Iceland had its big financial collapse. And so when I was relatively young age at that point in time, I had the kind of a technical know-how. I managed to be lucky enough or or uh, to be able to kind of partner myself with financiers to buy the kind of a arm of, of the company I used to work for in Asia because I was stationed and was uh, there. And we grew that business to become uh, a very large uh, district heating business, geothermal district heating business. We effectively closed down coal heating uh, power station and, and replaced them with uh, uh, geothermal heating uh, within cities in China. Um, in 2012, I got the opportunity, me and my partner, to sell our stake in this business to uh, uh, one of the founding partners who were with us at that point in time. And uh, I was then 
younger than today, but we started to focus on Greenland. And a lot of the reason why we started to focus on Greenland was related to the fact that you could see how much impact Asia and in this sense China had on the commodity market, massive amount of demand, take investment and so on. So I thought to myself, you know, we have an island here next to Iceland, which is has the size of Australia. It's one of the one of few or if the only large mineral play that is left in the world. Um, if you take outside of the box, maybe Afghanistan and Colombia, but for obvious reasons, and Greenland is in a different jurisdiction and so on. So we set ourselves to kind of a focus on that, using some of the know-how being in Iceland, which is only a few hundred kilometers away from Greenland. It's just effectively the same economical area. And that's kind of how it started, slowly and gradually back in, I want to say, 2013, when we when we started focusing on Greenland. So I'm wondering if you can give also then give us a, a snapshot of of the business and uh, like I mentioned, you've been um, you've been with the uh, or started the business uh, back in um, 2015, um, which was uh, previously known as AEX Gold. Um, I wonder if you can just take us through that journey so people understand a little bit of background of of the company. No, certainly and. So when we started it, it was very much on the basis of that Greenland has, in our mind, um, one of the best mineral potential you can find. I mean, the the current legislation came in play in 2009 that allowed listed entities, effectively financiers all around the world, to invest in the country. So the legislation is is very investable, and it's um, it's, it's it's kind of at the highest standard you can find, in our view. Um, Geological perspectivity is fantastic. So what you're looking at there, most of these resources are on surface. They are, the glacier has effectively scrubbed the whole land there. So it worked as a giant shovel. So you, you see outcropping of these mineral deposits coming to surface. Due to the size of the country, if you think about it, Greenland goes more northerly, southerly, westerly, and easterly than Iceland. It's so vast and you get, various different um, mineral belts and mineral age of uh, different sorry age of rocks in Greenland which um, if, if you put it into prehistoric time it used to be connected to most of the main continents being Russia Norway Labrador Canada uh, all the way down to Ireland like it, it, it kind of uh, fits into that picture and most of these other countries have been mined explored decades to some extent hundreds of years but this bit hasn't been so the opportunity there was that this hadn't been explored for obvious reason there's not you know it takes it's cost to getting in there there's only 56,000 people who live in the whole island in 17 uh, towns and 33 settlements so most of these deposits that had already been discovered when we came there they were literally a few kilometers away from the settlement so people hadn't wondered much outside of that. So as a strategy for us, we instantly knew that for us to be successful there, on one hand, we need to build up an extremely strong team, team that would have understanding of what, how you should operate under in the Arctic environment, and also how you should operate in the highest standard in the mineral sector, right? Because um, you need to attract both capital and you need to be able to attract capital. You need to be able to show that you can execute and do things. And that 
is something that was unknown in Greenland. Can you execute? Can you deliver a project? Can you deliver exploration, et cetera, et cetera? Um, that led us to focus mainly on South Greenland. South Greenland is the same latitude as you know, Oslo or Helsinki. It's more southerly when, than where I live here in, in Reykjavik. So it's, it's effectively ice-free down there. Um, it got long season, but most importantly, it has geological prospectivity that is you know, one of the best things I've ever worked in, ever, right? Uh, so you have on the one side a belt in Labrador with assets like Voices Bay. It crosses South Greenland where you have, you know, two or three of the largest uh, rare earth and uh, deposits in the world. One of the reasons why Donald Trump was quite interested in this country, right? And then that same belt then goes into Sweden and and, and Finland where you have the Kiranuna and all of it. So it's kind of on that belt. Particular to that, you also have a gold line that goes from effectively Newfoundland through South Greenland and into Sweden, according to our uh, kind of a thesis. So, as a start for us, and we are going into the industry when everybody's going, oh, this was back in 2013, you had a major collapse in commodity prices and, and so on. So, we took advantage of that situation and started buying up assets. And it took us a long time to actually get into position where we are now. Uh, it, I think, second or becoming to be the largest license holder in Greenland, right? In South Greenland. And so we started there and then we started putting a lot of focus and effort in understanding the geological model. And in the past two to three years, we've then been doing physical work, so seismic, drilling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time we've been doing this, we've been focusing most of our efforts in developing past producing mine in Nalunak, extremely high-grade gold mine that is you know, running at a 28 gram per ton. We have a current resource of 320,000 ounces. Our target is to increase that resource as well above million ounces in the next three years. And, in, uh, and we are now building um, uh, that whole project. But before we go into that details, because I'm sure you will have some interest there, is that how the model works for us is that if you think of it like that, in Greenland, half of your cost is just being there. You need to secure rigs, you need to have camps, you need to have all of these different things. And this has been maybe why you haven't seen as much mineral exploration as you would have seen in other jurisdictions. So we're, what we've done in the past eight years, we have all of that foundation. So what we've now seen in the past few years is that both capital is wanting to partner with us projects we've been very successful in, in acquisition of projects because these projects need someone to actually explore and develop and so there's a combination of good assets good team and infrastructure that we built over this past eight years and last but not least we are also and i think i'm not well we are among if not the largest private investor in greenland so there's been a lot of investment into Things like rigs, camps, all of the things you need to be able to be successful. Okay. Before we speak about the project, um, you recently announced the, the transfer of your listing um, in Iceland from the first north growth market to the NASDAQ main market. Um, what does that mean for, for the company? Uh, and what are the benefits for the main market listing for, for yourselves? Yeah. Um so we are, we're lucky enough to be, or lucky, we are uh, grateful and, and 
happy to be in these two markets in London and Canada because these are effectively a market that understand mining really well and have investor base that are have been very supportive to us. The reason why we went on the first North market in Iceland, which is equivalent to TSXV Venture or A market last year, and we raised there about uh, 37 million US dollars, was that Iceland and Greenland in our mind, are becoming to be one economical area or have the potential to become one economical area. So if you think about it, Iceland has aluminium uh, smelting business, which is one of the largest contributors of GDP, its fishery, uh, its energy, and then its infrastructure, and then related industry servicing industry around that. In Greenland, you have exactly the same thing, less amount of people. And so a lot of the way how these two countries work together is that they have uh, cooperation on most of the services around these businesses. So Iceland became something for us as an important hub and the investor base here understands Greenland really well, we believe, compared to many of the other investor base. Then I talk about how you actually, how you do things, right? Um, so the mining understanding comes from these other exchanges, but the, but the actual execution comes from this. We've been very successful in the Icelandic market and, and all of these markets in the last year. And and what what we managed to do in relation to, uh, well, I should say, after we closed the fundraising last year in October, we then had the results from our drilling at previous summer. And that drilling proved uh, two things. It increased the resources for us from 250 to 320. But more importantly, it kind of uh, uh, proved a new uh, the geological model that we have been building over the years, which is called the Dolorite Dyke model. It effectively means that we know what controls the high-grade mineralization within the deposit. We know that this deposit extends for one kilometer because we sampled the deposits on the other side. So we know where to drill, or we feel very comfortable where to drill to increase the resources every year. Therefore, a statement like what I'm saying here, where we are at 320,000 ounces and we are targeting above a million ounces and then reserves in the next two to three years, we have a much better comfort on that because we just simply drill this out. So having that, we then could reach out to lenders here in Iceland and uh, and in London. So uh, the lender, we did a, a, a $50 million uh, a loan package with you know, approximately half of it was convertible and half of it was uh, uh, just a normal RCF lending. And in, within that 50 million, we also ran, had an overrun facility. And what, what that did, together with the 37 million we had already raised, we then had a fully funded packet to build the mine, start the mine trial mining in Nalak, set up the processing plant, actually be in a position to mine and process ore on site as early as next year right and therefore moving the assets from the first node up to the main market where you're closer to cash flow opens up the company for uh, investment from most if not all of the institutional funds in iceland which are very large group uh, uh, compared to the size of the country so i think uh, if you just look at the pension system in iceland it's about 50 billion euros. I think the third largest pension system per capita in the world. Um, they are, There is also index buying through FTSE and other index buying into Iceland. So there is a lot of capital that is looking towards this uh, 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 to focus on this. 
more importantly, the Icelandic market is also very much aware of the ge geopolitical status about Greenland and Iceland and what we need to do to source ethically and in the best possible manner minerals we need mostly, mainly for the energy transition, but also for various different purposes, technology, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, building a company here where we can have an impact on that together with European, Europe and, and US and other partners becomes very much important for the system here in Iceland, right? So, so we are seeing um, a big uh, support here in Iceland and also actually in the Scandinavia as well. And therefore, we thought that going on the main market first here would have a, a very impactful uh, impact on on the company. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. <laughs> certainly. Um, I'm wondering, you can obviously, obviously now you've got all the the finance uh, in place. I wonder if you can just give us an update on the uh, project and what some of the main milestones um, we could be looking at for uh, first gold. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So um, when we announced in March about the heads of terms for the debt uh, package, we could we then immediately started preparing ourselves uh, uh, to uh, start building the project. And we based all of our work on um, uh, internal feasibility or technical study uh, that was prepared by Haliard in uh, the previous year, I think we announced the result of that uh, the previous uh, year, I think it was in November, right? So that gave an investment cost for the total totality of the project. So they had designed everything up to a, a feasibility standard. And then on that basis, we continued working with Haliard and uh, uh, we then started working with Thiessen as a mining contractor. And we're now in the process of working with Tamarak as a logistics and processing partner. So this summer, what we started to do, we started to prepare all of the foundations. This is, we needed to break about 40,000 tons of, of rock for foundation of the processing plant, of the new camp. Uh, we uh, started all procurement of equipment with, together with Eason, getting mining equipment, which is now being delivered to site as we speak. We then started uh, getting uh, additional uh, container units for camp purposes for our people, because we will be about 88 people there by the end of this year. So all of these kind of a preparation is, is being taking place. Going forward, uh, by mid, uh, you know, in October, we expect to have finalization of all contracts for an EPCM, the mining contractor, and the logistic and procurement that we will announce to the market, and then we will give a a detailed schedule uh, to the market. Um, where we are right now, which I can kind of give you an, as an idea right now, what, what this lies ahead of us. So in this quarter coming up quarter, what we are doing now is that we're getting most of these things that we were procuring this summer to site. Uh, we, in around Christmas and New Year, we would uh, be, uh, well, from now until, I should say, uh, end of January, we are setting up the mine with Eason. This means that we are putting gravel and underground electric and things like that. Uh, from now up until the same period of time, uh, January, February, we are then setting up the uh, steel building for the processing plant. Yeah, so on the processing plant, we effectively have a timeline such that we, we get the building set up, so the foundation, the building set up by, by early next year, and then we go inside of the building 
the parts that goes inside of the building have already been manufactured. Uh, so uh, the, the, the crushers, the ball mill and all of these things, they come effectively ready to site. We obviously need to sample them together. Uh, and then we expecting to start the mining early next year as well. So we kind of start the mining, mine development in the mountain block, and we are kind of finalizing the processing plan. So, uh, you know, in second half of next year, we expect to be uh, starting to run ore through the plant. And obviously we will have them have mined for, for a few months at that point in time as well, right? We allow ourselves uh, to ramp up this whole operation throughout next year, right? So it gives us a little bit of time to make sure that everything is working as, as accordingly. And then we will we will wrap even faster up in, in 25 and then 26, we'll, we expect to be in full full production. Um, so so there is a, um, a kind of a stepwise strategy towards this to make sure that we, we execute on time, on budget, and, 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 and we built in various features to make sure that we both obviously have the order and facility, but but also are being kind of a very careful about how we assume the ramp up process and so on. And obviously we'll try to beat that uh, uh, as time goes by. Yeah. And obviously it's green and is a relatively uh, or quite cold climate. Uh, are you in operation or able to do obviously activity all year round? Um, and, and I suppose with that being a, a relatively cold climate, is there any sort of logistical challenges because of the nature of uh, the climate in, in Greenland? Yeah, so if you live in Iceland, you wouldn't consider the part in Greenland that we are operating cold, but in, I guess in England you would. So, so it's different <laughs> where you said. Um, generally, if you compare this to like Arctic Canada or Arctic Russia or anything like something like that, this is completely different. Here, as I said earlier, you are on the same latitude as Oslo and Helsinki, so you effectively can sail in. The, the, the fjord doesn't freeze up or anything like that. You can you can always kind of get in and out. Um, uh, in terms of kind of a weather, we can operate on surface without any snow from April, May, all the way most of the time until end of the year, right? So you get this kind of a similar winters as you would have here in Reykjavik. Uh, yes, you get winds and other things, but that's quite, you know, we, we prepare for that quite well. Um, in terms of logistics, uh, we are expecting three to six weeks to get anything from Europe or, or US, uh, US to site. So we kind of built that into our model. We also built into more inventory to our model to kind of a, to, to work against the, that logistic. But the logistical route into into Greenland is via Copenhagen or via Halifax. So uh, the logistical company Aimskip and Royal Arctic Line, which is the Greenlandic logistical company, they basically cooperate together to move in anything from food or equipment and so on. So that, that's a pretty good service compared to... Um, many other countries around in this Arctic region where you kind of have to hire your own ship and do everything yourself. So that, that's not where we are. Um, this is obviously more, uh, I should say more, there's more uh, work around the logistics than you would have somewhere in Toronto or in London or something like that. That's, that's, that's an obvious fact. But then again, the deposits are, also easier to mine than many of these other deposits. They, they, the rock formations, we're still high up in the mountain. So you get some challenges, but you also get some benefits being in a, in a, in a, in a new country.
Um, what should we be looking out for uh, within your strategic minerals exploration program? Yeah, so we have had the busiest exploration program this year. So last year, effectively how the package is set up, I, I should start there. We have rare earths, you then have base metals, and including in the base metal, we are mainly are focusing on copper, uh, copper, molybdenum, these kind of metals, and then we have uh, nickel. Uh, nickel, uh, we actually also have PGA. So what we did last year is that we started uh, geophysics uh, over part of what we think is a copper belt, which we call Sava. We drilled one hole where we intersected copper in the first 20 meters, and we got up to 7% molybdenum, not absolutely something that we were planning just to be a stratigraphic hole, but it kind of gives you an idea of the prospectivity of Greenland. That deposit we've already drilled again with four holes in total. So we we finished that season a few weeks back and we expect the result of that to be with the market uh, end of November, beginning of December. Uh, we then finalized geophysics over uh, what we call it a Voicy Bay style uh, intrusion called Stendalen. Uh, we finished that, uh, I want to say, a month ago, and we are currently drilling into that deposit, um, into that geophysical signature, which is quite interesting. Uh, there's an outcrop of a whole lot of nickel and, and copper and PGEs in this deposit, so it's, it's a very unique thing to drill. Uh, it is a very deep hole. It's up to fifteen hundred meters, so so we we are hoping that we can finish the hole this year. If not, then we'll just finish it next year. Uh, on the back of that, we are obviously funded with more than thirty million Canadian dollars uh, in that strategic mineral portfolio. So we'll we'll have the result of these thing, and then we'll continue drilling these areas. Uh, we are doing geophysics over Patasuk and uh, and another uh, rare earth uh, play. We're also doing geophysics over the whole new area copper belt called John Darland and so on. So we're getting more and more target uh, uh, every year to drill and define. And we really believe that this is a new copper belt in the making and a new potential nickel play that could be of the size of, 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 of the likes of Voice Bay. But then the rare earths are more known in Greenland because they are already very, very big. So we're basically targeting the same kind of a deposit that are already there. The beauty about these deposits, they are very far away from any kind of a village or anything like that. So the more remote mineral deposits are today, the better it is for for everybody, effectively. Right? Um, obviously, your company is a major player in obviously the, the Greenland's merging mining industry. I just wanted to give us an overview of the mining industry and the landscape in Greenland uh, at the moment. Yes, yeah, certainly. So there is most of the kind of, I would say, prospective licenses in Greenland have now been taken up by companies. There are 12 operators in Greenland uh, in total. Um, the biggest one in terms of company size is Anglo-American. Uh, so you're seeing major like that already in on an exploration state in Greenland, which is, which is quite rare, uh, but then again, very good. Um, the activity is increasing a lot. Uh, the legislation system is great. Uh, to operate together with the Home Rule Government Agreement has been has been very good. Um, you are uh, operating in a region where there are not a lot of people around you, so it's very remote, which can be very good for projects like this one because you're not in anyone's way. You're also operating in a region where the biodiversity is 
to a minimum. And on the contrary, we're actually building up uh, forest and stuff like that on our mining site. And then in terms of community there, what we're seeing already in South Greenland, and I've just got told uh, this by the South Greenland mayor, is that uh, the taxes are already going up in South Greenland due to our activities. So you're seeing more than six companies, like helicopter company, boat logistic company, security company, uh, and I could go on and on, are growing there um, with Greenlandic people running them and owning them. So you're seeing some wealth being created in the region. And I think the key purpose of our, us as a company is that we, yes, we target these mineral deposits in gold. We get some good cash flow to explore for strategic minerals, which are very much needed for the electrification of the world, which is kind of a fight all of the issues we're doing, dealing with in the climate sense. But more than that, what we look at it due to our background here in the company being green energy is that we look at many of these mining sites as a way where we can actually build up green energy because Greenland is so rich with hydropower and wind and these things. And the local towns, for example, they are all run on oil and gas, oil uh, to heat up their homes and so on. So there is a way where we can build together with, and we have built these mines to build up these hydroelectric or wind to uh, run the electricity mine, which is obviously benefit for the climate. But more importantly, once these mines are finished, say in 20, 30 years, or even earlier, you can then connect the local towns and farms in South Greenland to uh, uh, green energy. And this is very much the same model as Iceland built around the aluminium smelter. So you get the interest to build the big infrastructure. And as soon as you become energy independent as a nation, then that um, results in the fact you don't have to import a lot of oil and gas, which costs a lot of foreign exchange reserves. And so it's actually for us, what we're trying to build and trying to generate here is a company that can be a leader in terms of how we are operating both within Greenland, but also as a climate company. And, and that, that is our, our, our focus and will be our focus for the next five to 10 years. And lastly, uh, I just wonder if there's anything else that you wanted to uh, share with our audience um, and also what's the outlook um, for, for the company for the remainder of the year going into uh, 2024? Well, uh, first of all, I mean, Rob, thanks so much for having us uh, or having me. Um, I think I think what we would like to share is that we kind of a, a huge gratitude in having the opportunity to work in Greenland. Um, I think it's very much important to not only Greenlanders, but to the rest of the world that Greenland works for the world because it has so much mineral potential in a safe jurisdiction where we can actually have companies that can trace their mineral from Greenland through processing either in Iceland or in Greenland straight to, to the product. So Greenland is essentially extremely important for the world that it works and that we operate correctly. Um, in terms of investors in AMROC, I think we will have extremely good year ahead of us. We've already finished majority of exploration this year. We've set ourselves up for success for our execution. We are in a very buoyant market here in the Nordics who understand how to execute the market, how to do it within the communities, et cetera, et cetera, which should give us advantage compared to other markets, we hope. And you know, we're very excited what we're seeing in the core and we're excited to see what will come out of that once once it's out of the lab, so so I think I think we 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 
you know, stay tuned. I think I think we'll have a very good year ahead of us. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for obviously coming on and giving our audience an update. It seems obviously since we last spoke 18 months ago, so much has happened. Um, and obviously we look forward to the next uh, 12 months because obviously um, there's a lot of things going to be happening. So um, it might be, it'd be great if you can come on later on the later next year and come on and give us an update. It would be my honor and pleasure. Yeah. Great. Well, thank um and also, if our audience wants to obviously follow your journey, um, how can they go about doing that? What social media platform channels uh, can they follow you on? I think we're pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn with anything that comes out of the company. Um, we are also, obviously, our webpage, amrockminerals.com, any kind of our RNS and feeds, all of that goes into if you want a more detailed so that we, we manage to make sure all of that reporting. But I would say through our webpage, through our uh, RNSs and uh, press releases, and then we make sure we we bring that to the market through through the likes of LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah, and as always, we include those in the the show notes accompanying this uh, accompanying this episode. So as as always, wish you well for the remainder of the year going into next year, and thank you for coming onto the podcast. Uh, and for the audience, I uh, hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, obviously, we don't get many guests on here that uh, are mining in Greenland. So I appreciate if you can share this episode uh, amongst our mining community, um, but also people outside of the, the mining uh, industry, because it's it's it's, give, it's showing evidence of, um, especially a, 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 a country that is probably not known for, for their mining and what they're looking to achieve. And as Elder mentioned, um, by starting or having a mining presence there they're building the wealth of the surrounding um surrounding area uh by creating other businesses um, and obviously businesses in that area are increasing their their revenues because of elder and Amarak being being there in a in a certain area and location in greenland so really appreciate your continued support please keep sharing these episodes and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry